involving people and welcome back to those bald chicks your favorite alopecia podcast i'm Paige, and i'm here with kristen and surprise my brother matt who is our fourth guest on the bald pack journals welcome matt and thanks for being here a couple things about why my brother is here <laughs> i guess you guys are probably sitting there like why is her brother on there so the vast majority of men who go bald do so because of a hereditary condition known as androgenetic alopecia, also known as male pattern baldness, and there's female pattern baldness as well. According to the American Hair Loss Association, 95% of hair loss in men is caused by androgenetic alopecia. It is related to your genes and male sex hormones. It usually follows a pattern of receding hairline and hair thinning on the crown. One-fifth of men will experience significant hair loss by the age of 20, and by the time you're 30, men have a 25% chance of displaying some balding, by 50, 50% of men have at least some noticeable hair loss. And by age 60, about two thirds are either bald or have a balding pattern. So Matt, when did you first notice your hair starting to thin or you starting to go bald? Hello, everybody. I'd like to start off with that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Instead of jumping right into yeah, it. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, my balding story kind of starts back when I was really young and one of those guys that kind of started going bald in high school or I started noticing it in high school. And so I was about like probably 18 and I went in, do you remember Joanne? Yep. Down the street. Uh, what was that? Yeah, I, what for, was the, I forget. What was it was like a, place? yeah, it was like a popular haircutting place. It's kind of like, oh, Damn. God. yeah, I don't remember what it is, but in America, <laughs> we have these everywhere because yeah. Kristen's in Canada. So she probably, she might not have these, but these are like everywhere in strip malls. Fantastic Sam. Fantastic Sam. Fantas- yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, so I used to go into Fantastic Sam's for, I don't know, a decade plus for a really long time. And I used to see the same hairstylist named Joanne. And I remember back when I was about 18 years old, I went in one time and I've always had a widow's peak and she was kind of like looking at my widow's peak and she went, Ooh. You might want to start massaging like, like that widow's feet because like you're starting to go bald. And I was like 18 at the time and I kind of just went, what? You know, so because I've always had a widow's peak. So when I used to have hair, I used to wear it with bangs. Yeah. And yeah, uh, the long yeah I used to cover up that widow's peak and stuff. And she started saying, oh, it's going to get a little bit harder to cover up that widow's peak, you know, the farther it recedes back. And uh, yeah, like looking back at it, I don't think I really processed it as much as I should have. But yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty shocking thing to be a senior in high school and have like somebody tell you you're going bald. What's crazy is most people, well, not most, but a lot of people I know that have gone bald or are balding find out because of hairdressers. Well, you did, right? Yeah. That was your first. Yeah. You had a hairdresser, you know tell you again. And I'm not the first one that has heard that from hairdressers either. I know a bunch of people that learned they had alopecia or they started to bald because of a hairdresser being like, Hey, you have a bald spot or Hey, your hairline is receding. So it's just odd that everybody has that similar experience. I guess that makes sense though. Cause they're, they see hair 24 right? seven. What do you mean by she told you to massage it? So she like, she just said, massage your widow's peak. Yep. Yeah. I think that was just, you know, kind of pseudoscience on her end. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, she just kind of said that, start massaging it. Yeah, that's a, kind of the cute story, though, is I told my girlfriend that, 
second, like I told her that she kind of like ran her hand up on my head and started like rubbing that patch for me. So that was kind of a cute. That's moment, cute. Yeah, that was That's all adorable. Yeah, that was all suited. There's actually a lot of that. There's so many. Hey, try this. <laughs> There's so many people that try and reach out to people that are balding. Like I just saw the other day an Instagram account that is a helmet. What? It's a helmet that you put on and the certain rays or the certain whatever technology is in the helmet that you wear all day is supposed to make your hair grow back. That's actually something that they told me would be a treatment was this like laser kind of ray therapy. So now they've made it home-based. God, I can't imagine. <laughs> but that's like Jeff Bezos. Like all you have to do is look at a guy like Jeff Bezos and realize, you know, there's no hope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <know>? right. <laughs> if, there, if there was hope, Jeff Bezos would be rocking it. Because, right? yep, because he's a billionaire and has a lot of money. I feel like, yeah, absolutely. If um, anyone was going to have hair, yeah, it would be him. It would definitely be that guy. <laughs> Um, so when you found out about it or when obviously Joanne told you about it, did this affect how you lived the rest of your senior year or how you started living life now that you knew this? Well, I still had like a pretty good head of hair when I graduated and stuff, but totally after that, yeah, it kind of progressed pretty quick and I just started wearing a hat everywhere. And that wasn't a problem either. I always liked wearing hats and stuff, but the problem was, is when people started noticing that I was wearing my hat all the time and I never took it off. And that's when like, you know. The bullies came out and started trying to snatch my hat off my head and stuff. You know, because I didn't care. Like, as soon as I just put on my hat and all that kind of stuff. But as soon as, like, the bullies started trying to snatch my hat off and you could tell people were prying, that's when they got a little bit dicey. I started feeling a lot more. It's kind of crazy how many people are just so willing to do that to someone. Yeah. In school, I had a bandana that I wore to hide the bald spots and they ripped that off. And I'm like, what makes you think that you're allowed to touch the stuff on my head? That's Why insane. is that a thing? Right. It's insane. It's insane. Why are you coming in my personal space? For one, why are you so close? And then secondly, why are you touching the things on my body? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or why do people think that is somehow better than just asking you? Right. Yeah. Please. Let's embarrass this person instead of ask them about it. Yeah. That's uh, it is the strangest thing. It's kind of psychotic. (laughs) It is because like nobody's ripping people's shirts off. (laughs) It's not a thing. So why are you ripping the things on top of my head up? Which is kind of interesting because for whatever reason, someone bald or balding is the thing to pick on. I mean, like Kristen and I, we've been doing this for a year now and we've seen so many things. Uh, One of the things that we saw, this was probably eight months ago maybe more, was at a basketball game, someone decided to print out flyers about one of the kids, uh, literally a kid. I, well, I think he was like 18, got drafted. I think he was balding and somebody noticed that. So they were on the opposing team and that was the thing they decided to attack. They printed out flyers and said, this is the chant for tonight. This is what we're going to say to throw him off his game because he was such a good player. And I remember seeing that and my stomach just sank because I remember thinking in an arena of people, he's just trying to play a sport that he loved. And some asshole decided to say, hey, let's take this thing that he's probably worried about or doesn't really want to talk about and make it the forefront. Let's make it the topic of the night. And I remember just being mad at the world when that when I saw that. It happens all the time too. 
on the other side of the camp, you've got like guys like, you know, Michael Jordan and stuff who just say whatever, they're just haters and they use it as fuel. And I hate that camp of people because that camp of people doesn't realize there's a whole nother camp of people that doesn't want that fuel. Right. <laughs> like hate that fuel some and stuff. So like they would see it as, all right, well, if you're going to, you know, talk shit about me, why I'm going to drop, you know, 20 points on you or something like that. Yeah. But then there's a whole nother group of people that will totally mess up their head. I don't know. Yeah. People are weird. Yeah, I really don't understand it. Obviously, you said, you know, your girlfriend at the time was super supportive. Were there any other people that were supportive during that time? Or did you have any friends that were dealing with going bald too? I feel like that's like a topic we never talk about is while you were balding, did you know anybody else that was going through what you were going through? All the time. I thought about like, you know, because I was young, right? So like 18 years old. What age did you guys, well, I know Paige, I know you, but what age did you... uh, get an LP show or started to notice 13 she was young oh okay yeah so you're young too all right yeah, yeah. same thing yeah because I just kind of know it from Paige's reference and so yeah. uh, I know that hers was later in life so she's gotten super lucky in that regard well maybe not lucky but <laughs> I know what you mean I'm <laughs> lucky I got bald. Uh, <laughs> I started bobbing <laughs> I know what you mean you, okay, yeah because yeah. when it was young it was just that's the one of the biggest things about this whole process has just been I just wish it could have happened five years later. Ten, you know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit later where like I was more mature and the people around me were more mature and all that kind of stuff. Just out of college, if that would have happened, if, if I could have just gotten through college, yeah, I would have been like, all right with it. But the fact that it happened when I was super young, that's right. what like- really Away from in. the bullies, away from the teenagers, the, the preteens. College, there were other people that were going bald. So when it first started happening to me, I remember looking around and going like, there are no other men I see anywhere, you know, or kids my age, that I see anywhere that are going bald. I'm the only one. And I remember like that thought like being in my head. And I know that I wouldn't have had that thought. This is all from like just a male pattern baldness perspective. Just wish that it could have lasted just at least until the end of college. And that would have been all right. Yeah. I feel like I can't relate to that because I mean, I tell Kristen this all the time that she tells me about bullies. And when we have people on that talk about their experience in school with bullies, I can't relate to that, kind of, because I know there were a couple of family members when I first got alopecia, because I also, you know this, Matt, started wearing hats, and I got a couple mm-hmm. family members that were like, why are you wearing so many hats so often? And I was like, I don't know, I like hats, <laughs> and I would just <laughs> try and get rid of the conversation because I was like, why, why do you care? Why are you bringing yeah. this up? Why is it a big deal? I don't understand why this is the topic that you decided to choose to talk to me about. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. I also got to wonder, like, Matt, you obviously didn't, you know, look into wigs or anything because men usually don't. So for me, I was really only outwardly bald for probably four months before I started covering up my head with a wig and then hit it because nobody else around me was bald. For, For you, you don't really get that option. Oh, yeah. Basically, just tried to keep my uh, long hair. Like, I did that <laughs> that weird thing, you know, where you did the comb over thing. Yes. Like, a little bit for a little while. Absolutely. And I, I basically swooped all the hair in the back of my head, in the front of my head, you know. And then I, there was a period of time where I sprayed hairspray. So, basically, created, like, a helmet. It was the <laughs> stupidest thing. That's why I just wore a hat all the time. Because every time I took it off and I tried to do that, it just looked ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Hey, I did a million things too. I 
Oh, I still regret using that root spray. I will regret that to the day I die because it was messy. It was, I had black hair. So it was this black spray. I was just spraying on my head. It's all right. We all do things. I mean, desperate times. I, <laughs> the things people try to do, well, we don't know because you don't reach yeah, out. You Most don't know. people don't talk about it. You don't want to talk about it. So you just try and find things yourself <laughs> and it never works <laughs> out. You do have some luxury in that regard where you are a little bit older, you know, where you can kind of make sense of it. But being young, like 13, I can't believe that. Like, right. oh, geez. And on top of that, oh, my gosh. Yep. Literally thinking of everything I went through and then looking at, like, yours. Oh, my God. I cannot even imagine that. Yep. Oh, like, internet, no support groups, no Instagram. Like, you can't search anything. So yeah. it's just like, where do I even go? It like, what do I even different. do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like your parents had the internet either. So how are they going to find out? The only person they could talk to was your doctor or the dermatologist. Yeah. That's and they're it. not helpful. No, God. Like, what am I supposed yeah, to like, do what are here? Those shots? Oh, what my are those God. Shots, get- shots? shots? Yeah. 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 I looked into that kind of stuff. I was like reading about how effective is this, all that kind of stuff. You know, it, it all depends on your gene type, and all that kind of stuff. Some people, I guess, those hair transplants and stuff are a little bit more receptive. But I was like one of the guys that went bald when I was really young. So I'm like, I'm guaranteed to be one of the ones that kind of your body rejects it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I just knew I was in that camp because I went bald so young. Right. So I was like, I'm not even going to bother with it. Right. There's some scary stuff out there that they can do. Like they have to take back, you know, your scalp and put it in. I was like, oh my God, you're not cutting me open. Like, absolutely not. I even looked at that though. It looks like uh, like doll hair. So that's not worth (laughs) (laughs) it. You could tell it was like this like ridiculously straight line of like doll hair. And I'm like, that's worse than just shaving my head. Absolutely. See, I most of the time I'm like, would this look better than my shaved head? And a lot of the times I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> so let's oh just God. go ahead and shave my head. Something I did look into though is the tattoo thing. Have you guys looked into oh, the tattoo thing? I forget what it's called. Like the pigmentation tattooing. Yeah. Yeah. Like it depends on like, you know, who you get to do it or not. Like I went bald, it was just like really thin, you know what I mean? But I still have like enough follicles, but my hair is not dark enough. So I don't know if I could ever, you know, pull something like that off. But I have seen some guys that are bald that got those little ink dots tattooed in there, but very light and faint, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like they just have like a fade around their whole head. And that actually looks pretty decent on some people. Yeah, I have seen those that have looked really good. I know, I actually know a couple of women that have done it too. Yeah. Um, Hey. Whatever makes you feel the most comfortable, I'm all for it. I think it would be really interesting for me to get that done just because I have so many patches. It would look odd. It would look like I shaved my patch or I shaved my head, but not my patches or vice versa. If my hair grew out, it would just look like I shaved my patches. Patches also change so often. (laughs) Absolutely. So was there anyone during your hair loss journey that made you feel more content about it or more accepted? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, not one person. That makes me sad. The one with my, my ex-girlfriend. Yep. Told her that. And then she did. That was the only person I ever really opened up to. About it. Yeah. yeah no, it was, uh, yeah, no, it was just kind of me white knuckling it the whole way. Hey, I don't know if you know this story, but the time that I actually finally was like, all right, I'm shaving my head was my last year of college. And I was watching the movie Amelie, like this weird French movie, like with this girl with like really big eyes. And oh, like, that I don't know, sounds just, familiar. Yeah. For whatever reason, I was watching the movie and in the middle of it, I went, I'm going to shave my head. 
And I just went really? and did it. Like spontaneous. Yep, spontaneously while watching that movie, like without even batting an eye, I just went and did it. I wasn't even thinking about it at the time. It just kind of like, there's a flash of light in my head and I went and I just went and buzzed it all out. That's literally what I did. It was two in the morning, literally getting ready for bed. And I said, I think I'm going to shave my head now. <laughs> and I remember Damon going, what? And I'm like, I think I'm going to shave my head now. <laughs> and he was like, at two in the morning? Or I think it was like one in the morning. And I'm like, yep, I got an urge. I'm going to do it. And I did it. I mean, I thought about it for a while, but I never did it. But I just got this urge one night, one night to just, yep, I'm going to shave it. <laughs> I feel like that's the way to do it, though. Like you get that urge, boom, do it, you know? For me, actually, I ended up shaving my head way later on in life because I got a suction wig. So I needed to have like a smooth head for it. So I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to shave my head for this. It was kind of weird because I was just like, I don't know if I'm ready for this, but I kind of have to be because I'm getting my head scanned for this wig. So it wasn't, it wasn't a choice. You almost pressured into it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds kind of nerve wracking. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Having like a date and like, yeah, that that would make me nervous. Oh, yeah, right. Anxiety. Like not spontaneously. You have a set date. You need to do it by like, oh no. <laughs> oh yeah, that's weird. First time I did it, I found it really weird because I shaved it. Not like right down. Like I didn't bick it yet. We used one of those razors. Then my head got like super oily. It was, it was almost like it was mad at me. Where's all this oil coming from? <laughs> so. Oh, how bizarre. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah. I... Now that I'm thinking about it, my little, my my little, they're definitely not little. My bald patches aren't oily. They're just smooth. (laughs) They're just like, they feel rubbery, if that makes sense, but they don't get oily. They don't get anything like that. They're just smooth. I don't anymore. Like my whole head is just like that smooth feeling that you're talking about. The first time I did it, the whole thing went oily. And I was like, maybe it's the, it's producing extra hair oils that it no longer needs. Like (laughs) what's going on here, but. How bizarre. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that because I still had some hair, I think that like it wasn't as oily, but I do remember it being really dry. So maybe the opposite. (laughs) That stuff's interesting. Because I think I had dandruff when I had hair, kind of flaky dandruff. Yeah. And, um, and when I shaved it, yeah, it kind of like was just like really dry. Huh. Congregating up there. Congregating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I remember when you came home from college that one time. I, yep. went, I was by the front door and mom looked so surprised because she was by the back door. Yep. Was like, what? what's wrong? And then you just like zoomed in <laughs> and you stood there. You're like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And that's, the thing is, is when I went home though, is I didn't throw a hat on. Like yeah. I intentionally kind of went in with my bald head to be like, well, this is me now. Yep. Absolutely. I remember that like clear as day. Yep. yep. Who hated it though was Abby. <laughs> oh my, that's our dog. <laughs> that, well, oh, that, was, that was our family dog. <laughs> Oh, she was probably like, who the hell are you? Yeah, (laughs) that's cute. I was like, who are you? Oh, sweet girl. On to the next question. Did you learn anything from your hair loss? I think the biggest thing that I learned, hands down, that young people suck. I think that's probably like the biggest, looking back, you know, with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, that's probably definitely the biggest thing that, you know, to any young person out there that might be listening, know that. Once you get older, like it does, the truth does get better. You know, I know that's yeah. a cliche, just kind of weather that storm and it sucks, but, and reach out for help. That's the one thing that I 
I didn't learn, but I wish I would have learned is reaching out for help or talking to somebody or, you know, just opening up to somebody about it. I didn't do yeah. any of that. I just bottled it all up. I, I would also second like that. that. Yeah. Too. yeah. I, one of my favorite things that I have heard someone with hair loss say is once you get over acceptance and, you know, going through the bullying and, and certain things with hair loss, the hardest part, once you're over that hurdle is the lack of knowledge of others. So people not knowing about balding or hair loss or alopecia and being assholes or being yeah. rude or not knowing how to talk to someone with hair loss. That's a huge thing. I feel like there's a weird line where it's like, yeah. I want to ask, but I don't want to be an asshole. So a lot of people just go without asking or the opposite. They're just assholes about it. So and they try and take your head off your head. Yeah. Yep. Rather and they're like, asking, they'll just go yeah. up and-, and I feel like that comes from a person that's like, Ooh, this might be an uncomfortable topic. So let's make this humorous. But then they don't think that that's an asshole move. And that's actually them bullying. And it's just a whole mess. <laughs> I still had some time left when I shaved my head. And so I remember like, even back then, like, I didn't want to like, I was in like a weird college program. It wasn't like a typical college program where you go one class and saw new people. Like I went through like, like a lot of the same classes together with the same people. Yeah. And I still didn't want a lot of those people to see me bald, like with my bald chin head. I, that was when I was still in full on hat phase. So I shaved it, but it was in the winter time. So I was able to wear a beanie. But then uh-huh. I allowed my hair actually to grow back long enough where when the warm weather came around, I was able to put a hat on and have like enough hair on the sides where, it, you know, it kind of like didn't look right. like I shaved my head. Yeah. But I remember like when I first shaved it, it was over winter break, I think. I came back and there was one guy that was like, oh, so you're going through chemo or something like that? Said some like kind of like flippant comment like that. And I remember like, this is my like natural response to like those kind of nasty passive aggressive remarks is I kind of just go, oh, and then like put my head down and then kind of like turn away. <laughs> <laughs> and so I vividly remember him doing that and not having like a response. So I just kind of went, ah, and then just awkwardly tauntered off. Don't worry, you're not the yeah, first so, one. Yeah, no, People with hair was, loss I get that question like 20, all the time. Yeah, 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 I know. That's the thing. It's like, you know, you have to look at it from their perspective, too. And they see, like, this guy who's had this long hair this whole time, and then all of a sudden he doesn't. It's natural to, like, kind of be, like, cut off all your hair. You know what I mean? But it's also so nosy. I feel like people are just so nosy. I don't think a lot of people knew what was up. I wore hats all the time. I don't know, but they had to have known since I wore hats all the time that, who knows what, you know, they're young and who knows what they're actually thinking things through. You know what I mean? Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. What's something you wish that you did differently when it came to your hair loss? I think it goes back to that whole getting help or just talking to somebody about it. Like that's the number one thing. I think that if I had just talked to somebody about it, I think that that would have changed everything. Like yeah. gotten in with like a support group or something too? Or do you think that, do you yeah. think you would have went to that? I think therapist. I think I would have liked mm. to talk to a therapist. I don't know if it would have been like a whole group of people and all that kind of stuff. But like the thing that I desperately wish I had when I was younger was somebody to help me think through what I was thinking. Mm. Yeah. You know, not necessarily somebody to like just be like a shoulder to cry on, but for somebody to help me understand, well, you know, this happens and you think this because of this. And from an adult perspective, to walk a young person through like, Here's why you're feeling this way. Here's this thing that's triggering you. Here's what anxiety, you know, like I didn't know any of that stuff. Right. And, uh, and, you know, going bald was kind of triggering all that stuff. And I was just kind of like white knuckling it. 
like not knowing what was going on and just kind of like accepting it as normal when realistically looking back my brain was on fire you know I was gonna say I feel like it's not until just recently in the past I don't know five to ten years that people have started to talk about stuff you know be more open reach out to if you see someone looking like they're probably struggling with something or need someone to talk to I feel like back then Nobody ever talked about anything. I don't think I even knew what anxiety was. Right. No, right? Didn't even know what that was. Yeah. I wish in schools that they would do a little bit less on the like technical side of things and maybe go into people's emotions, especially, you know, like what is anxiety? What is depression? You know, make it a whole thing throughout grades one through 12 instead of just like health or mental health month. Like how do you meditate? You comprehend what's going on. Right. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, Yeah. because like, look at algebra. You know, that's the running joke. Who who the hell ever uses algebra? Uses it. (laughs) Right. Who's out there using algebra? (laughs) Well, and we teach sex ed, you know, so we could like. Yeah. It should be part of the curriculum. Yeah. Start like grade four or something and be like, okay, what is your feeling on the inside? What does that actually mean? Like, have you start asking these questions so you don't hit like 30 and be like, what the hell? Oh, shit. I got a lot to pack. Yeah. (laughs) I got issues now. Yeah. It's the benefit of having like an adult kind of talk you through things. And I think that the problem was that previous generations didn't do any of that either. Like, especially like the World War II generation, a lot of those guys came back from World War II and they just literally didn't talk about it. Right. They were murdering people every other week. And then they just came home and were like, pretended like, yeah, right. Well, that was life. Yeah. Like, oh, well, we're going to close that chapter and we're just going to open up the next, you know, and not really comprehend. Because those guys were like, I don't know. 17, 19, right. like 21. Like, so those guys, like from those generations, I think that they just kind of bottled all up. And then, you know, the Gen X guys, they had that whole thing about like the brooding, like I'm trying to think of, like John Cusack, you know, those mm-hmm. like kind of like soulful introverted guy, you know, like it was a whole thing about them bottling up all their emotions. And it's just been like a generational pattern of like all these everybody people, like, just, just doesn't share their emotions. their emotions. Yeah, absolutely. It's not even sharing their emotions. It's just understanding your emotions. People are think through your emotions and to understand why you're feeling the way you're feeling. That's the one thing that I preach, you know, from the rafters to everybody for from now until the end of time. It's just teaching kids how to like, I think it's called emotional maturity or something like that, or I don't yeah. know mm-hmm. what the technical term is for it. But yeah, teach, teach that to young people. Right. They truly, totally. you know, they don't understand what they're feeling. Anxiety is the perfect example. Like I feel tense. And I don't know what this is, why I feel tense. Because I remember when I was young, I used to have like, not night terrors, but like some kind of thing where I would wake up in the middle of the night and my whole body would be seizing. Yeah. I would wake up and I'd go, well, that was weird. But yeah. I would never like think to like, ask someone about you know, it. Like I just right. kind of, yeah. That's interesting you say that because when I was little, I would say it started in like fifth or sixth grade. Recently, it hasn't happened to me, but it's been like my whole life. I get sleep paralysis. It is the most terrifying thing in the world. You wake up and you're not really awake, but you are and you can't move. And it's very, very scary to go through. I think the first person I ever talked to truly about that was Damon. Like I did, I never told mom and dad. Like I just, I remember this specific time in high school. I was in my room and I woke up and I felt like there were people in the room. So I was trying to get up and like leave But I just laid there and it felt like hours. I was laying there and panicking. 
And I remember I could not move and I couldn't do anything. So I feel like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. I don't know. But when it came to going bald though, like it's that same thing where you kind of like, I was going bald and I didn't really like take the time. I just kind of was like, it was like a default setting. It was like, here's this melancholy that's kind of just there. I'm not even really acknowledging that it's surrounding me or what it even is. It's just kind of there. You know what I mean? Yep. Like a it's fog or haze or something like that. Yep. Where it's just kind of like permeating around you and you know it's there, but you don't really even acknowledge that it's there or know what it is. But then like, you know, you get older and you realize, oh, that was anxiety. Just wish that like somebody would have kind of explained the concept of that because <laughs> I had no clue what that was. When I was going bald, it just caused all this anxiety. I just didn't even know what that was. That was kind of just making me feel so tense. And the worst part about all of that is that the more you're stressed, the more hair you're going to lose too. So it's just like, you you can't win. Like it's like chasing something. It's like you have to pretend uh, you're not stressed. Yeah. <laughs> so by <laughs> pretending you're not stressed, that makes you 10 times more stressed because you can't feel your feelings. Because if you do, you're going to go more bald. <laughs> like, well, and the problem is, is I wore a beanie. It speeds up, you know, your hair even quicker. Right, because it's like Rubbing giving out. it pressure, Suffocate, right? It suffocates yeah. those, yeah, it doesn't give it oxygen or something like that. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I nearly took as much time being like, all right, this is, you know, seriously affecting you. Like, figure out, like, how to just cope with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What lesson it's- took the longest for you to learn? It doesn't have to be about hair either. Yeah, these next couple of questions can literally be about anything. That goes back to what we were kind of already talking about, about understanding what you're feeling or understanding your emotions and why you're feeling the way you're feeling. That would be like my whole platform. <laughs> <We're just> being, <laughs> understand why you're feeling the first before anything, like don't bury it down below. Cause you know, us guys, we have this nasty thing where it's just like, you know, man up like that kind of thing. We were just talking about that on the last uh, episode that we did with Gabe, one of our good friends. And, you know, we were talking about how men aren't really taught to show their emotions. They have to like swallow them. And if you show your emotions, you're not a real man. And how toxic that is and how much anger and anxiety and depression. And I mean, like, if you look at statistically people that snap or people that murder etc etc most of them are men (laughs) because I feel like a lot of men don't know how to feel their feelings and all of that just kind of bubbles up and one day someone explodes and it's usually a man they know how to feel their feelings they're not allowed to exactly and that's not fair yep like I know how I feel right now but I don't want to show that and oof yikes from a guy's standpoint and this is the thing is like women do have um, like confidants a lot of times with like other women. I can't remember one time me growing up as a young man ever, ever once having a heart to heart. What do you, you know, any of that kind of stuff with another, with another guy, not even once. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God. That breaks my heart. That breaks my heart because like, do you know how many in-depth conversations I've had with exactly women? women? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't imagine not having that. I feel like the first time you meet a woman as a woman you're sitting there like okay let's let's tell each other about all our crazy shit that has happened in life and get it all out on the table so we can talk about this and it helps you feel your emotions together and talk through it and it's just crazy that guys don't do that that men don't do that or a lot of them don't I don't think it's even like a lot. I think it's like 99%. So like one story, I think back to toxic masculinity. I think back to like my younger years. 
was uh, my friend in college got his finger bit off in a bar fight. <laughs> bit? Bit off? Not, yeah, it's, you got the, like, the, um, the cuticle part. Like oh. Like, basically, uh, yes. Yeah, basically the whole part of it is, like, from your whole nail, like, that whole tip of your finger, you got that bit off in, like, a bar <laughs> And it's funny because, like, if you would have known the guy, he's nothing like that at all. <laughs> that would have never happened. You would have never expected that to happen to him. But it was his, somebody's bachelor party, and he was trying to break it up, and somehow his finger got in the mouth, and they bit it off. Oh. Anyways, so I got a call from him that night. He's in the hospital. He's doped up on whatever pain meds and was, like, kind of, like, jovial and joking about it. And that's kind of what – that's our, that's the guy's default. You know what I mean? Ah, there's this crazy thing that happened to me. You know, guys will be guys. You know, that kind of thing. And then the next morning, he wanted me to drive him to, to the drugstore to go get, like, alcohol and stuff to kind of treat his wounds and change his dressing and stuff. And as we were driving, it started to, like, tear up a little bit. And I, and I remember, like, my gut reaction was, ah, don't cry, man. You're all right. Yeah. Yeah. I like shut all of his motions down and we just kind of drove, you know, in that moment I could have pulled over. I could give him a hug. And I said, I know, let it out, blah, blah, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, I mean, like that's what I feel like normal human beings should be doing. But then that reaction was just, oh, he's, and this is awkward. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. man up, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I look back at that and that was like a huge toxic masculinity moment that I think that guys just are very, very much different than women in that regard. Yep. Absolutely. I think we have one more question for you to end it off on a good note. (laughs) The last question is uplifting. So what is one piece of advice that you would want to give someone new to hair loss or somebody that's possibly regressing in their hair loss journey right now? Piece of advice. Hmm. I would say being optimistic. Is that like advice? Yeah. Be optimistic. Yeah. Because that's, I think the world is changing for the better. And I think that, you know, all this stuff that we kind of just talked about, about all this toxic traits and all these toxic things. I think that the world is kind of moving on. Like, I think that the internet is like as toxic as the internet is, the internet's doing a great job with things like this podcast, you know, yeah. getting the word out to people, especially podcasts. Like I listen to podcasts all the time and I hear these people telling their personal stories and all that kind of stuff. What we're doing right now yeah. is all the stuff that we were just talking about, how about people couldn't open up and do all that kind of stuff. I think SNL made a skit about this. See that? Ever see that about podcasts? I don't think so. No. I'm going to have to look it up though. I need to though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was an SNL skit about like family therapy or something like that. And like you got a dad and a son together and you put a microphone down in front of them and all of a sudden they start opening up something like that. That's so interesting like that. because Kristen and I always talk about how it's so therapeutic to just talk on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Even if we're just listening to someone's story, it's so therapeutic for us. Truly. Truly. It is a therapy session. And then it's a therapy session for everybody listening. Like that's the thing. I was listening to uh, this one comedian guy and he was talking about like his drug relapse or something like that. And he was telling all these crazy stories about he went to Tijuana and like was at like a brothel in Tijuana and they got chased by these cartel guys with a knife. And all. Oh my you know, God. I remember like listening to that story and being like, Oh my God. But the thing though is, is like he was able to air that out and other people were re- able to realize, Oh, you know, maybe the crazy stuff that I went through isn't nearly as crazy as that guy's stuff. And I think the podcasts are opening up that door. Right. Absolutely. My advice would be be optimistic because there is this whole new chapter of humanity where we're kind of realizing, oh, we are all kind of, yeah, 
Sloan Biles is getting up there talking about it. Michael Phelps, is t- you know, like there is, right. that's a wave of optimism and just find solace in that. That would be my advice. I don't know if that's technically advice, but. No, that's great advice. That is, it's great advice. Yeah, and I love just, how everyone's so different when they give the piece of advice, it truly, right? So It has been, been different for every single person. And I, I love that though. Thank you so much, Matt, for being here. This this was wonderful. I love the male perspective because we didn't get a lot of that in our last year's podcast. If you want to get a hold of us, email us at thosebaldchicks at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links that you need for everything is in our direct me, which will be available in the episode description. And our little chick bit of the day is apples are actually 10 times more effective when it comes to keeping people awake than coffee interesting that is very interesting all right until next time guys bald pack out